Hello, friends. Welcome to Resting Church Face, a podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Allen, and this is episode 27. This week, I want to tell you about something that happened over the weekend that really affected me and has really made me think about life and the people I love, and I hope it will inspire you in the same way. So sit back, relax, maybe think of a friend that you haven't seen or talked to in a while, and think about giving them a call after this episode is over. Let's get started. This weekend, I was going through some old boxes that my mom had given me from the house that we grew up in when we moved, and I hadn't gone through them in years. And so I opened this box, and it was mainly like old school programs and some short stories and newspaper articles, but I came across one poem, and I say poem loosely. (laughs) It was a poem I wrote in ninth grade when I was 14 years old. And I was obviously going through a phase. I had suddenly realized that you could basically write anything. And if you divided the words into stanzas or like spaced it out, you could call it a poem. It didn't have to rhyme, but you could say anything you wanted. And it was really bad. And so I'm reading through this poem and I'm laughing because it's so terrible. And it suddenly washed all over me. I remembered exactly what this poem was about. I remembered writing it. I remembered being in algebra class and tearing it out of the three-ring binder. I didn't show it to anybody. I think I showed it to my friend Bridget and my friend Mandy. And then that was it. (laughs) Um, But it was all about one guy. His name was Dason. And he was a bag boy at our local grocery store, Big E. And I remember... The summer before ninth grade, I went with my mom to the grocery store one day and he was there and he was at our checkout aisle. He bagged our groceries and I immediately had a crush on him. He was so cute and he was polite. He was really polite to my mom and he smiled at me. And I remember walking out of the grocery store and my mom kind of nudged me and she was like, now that is a cute boy. And from that moment on, I wanted to go to the grocery store with my mom every time she went, because I was hoping I might run into him. And I have to hand it to my mom. She was really sweet because every time we went into the store, if Dason was at the checkout aisle bagging groceries, she would always go through his line because she knew that I had a crush on him. And then when I started high school that fall, he was at my school. I remember walking through the hallway and he was coming the other way. And I was like, he goes here. (laughs) And so... He was three years older than me. He was a senior when I was a freshman, and we never actually spoke one time. I don't believe we ever exchanged words, but he always smiled at me in the hallway, and I would just get a little, you know, fluttery butterfly feeling every time I saw him. And I'm going to read you this poem in all its terrible glory, (laughs) but there are a few things I need to clarify. So There were things that didn't quite make sense when I read it, and I had to search my memory as to why I said those things. The first one is that I reference lung cancer in the middle of the poem for no reason. And I say, I know that he's going to get it, but this is because I realized that I had seen him smoking in the parking lot at school, and it just broke my heart because I was just sure that he was going to get lung cancer And, you know, he was going to smoke cigarettes and that was going to be, you know, a problem we were going to have to face. But of course, we would face that together. I would nurse him back to health. We would live till old age. This is, you know, all in my head. I never said this to anyone else. And I don't think I ever explained it to anyone else when I was showing them the poem. So I'm sure they were like, okay. And then the second thing is that I must have seen 
Forrest Gump shortly before I wrote this poem because I suddenly say different is as different does. Like I came up with that. Um, I did space it very creatively. So, you know, there is that. And then thirdly, I reference a knife on his arm or a dagger and, you know, it can, and talk about how it can make me bleed. This is because Dason had, if I remember correctly, a tattoo on his bicep of a dagger with like, I think a rose or something in it. And it just gave me a little thrill every time I would pass him in the hallway and I would see that tattoo because I was like, oh, he's dangerous. So I do reference that in a very creative way as well. And so I'm going to read you the poem now. This is Too Different by Amanda Allen. I shouldn't even be tempted to look your way because we're too different. But I can't help it when my eyes drift over to your face and my heart skips a million beats when we make eye contact and look away because we're too different. But I still want you to smile at me and tell me it's all right. We'll get through the lung cancer you'll have, I know, because we're too different. But different is as different does. And we can't see past the difference is because daggers on our arms can stab and make me bleed because we're different. You guys, I thought this poem was like my magnum opus. I was so proud of it. And I know I was proud of it because I kept it in very good condition. In this box that I found it in, it was very carefully tucked into a school program in very good condition. Um, I remember thinking to myself after I had finished writing this poem in algebra class that, oh, I finally said it, you know. If, if he were to read this poem, he would know how much I cared about him. But at the same time, I would have been so embarrassed. I would have been mortified if anyone had actually told him that I had written a poem like this about him. The closest I ever got to actually speaking with Dason was my friend Mandy asked him once during break if he knew who I was. And he said, is she that tall girl? And I held on to that for months because I was like, he knows who I am. I was so excited. And then he graduated. He played Dust in the Wind on guitar and sang. And I thought that was really cool. And I never saw him again. So that was 1995. And I... I haven't really thought, you know, that much about that time of my life um, because I just, you know, again, I never saw him again and I just assumed he was going on with his life, I was going on with my life, and then I found this poem and it just all came back to me suddenly. All of the, you know, angstiness of our teenage years and, you know, the crushes that we had were so important and, you know, the people that we liked and, I've said this, I think I said this in the Aging Like Fine Grape Juice episode, that those people that we haven't seen in a long time, if we saw them when they were teenagers, they're frozen like that in our mind. So for me, Dason is always 18 years old. He looks exactly the same. And I just assumed that, you know, he was going on with his life. So I decided to post this poem last night. So when I'm recording this, I posted it on Sunday just because I thought it was so funny, because it's just so badly written. I was so invested in someone I had never actually spoken to, and I still remembered it really clearly. But I think a lot of us can identify with the feeling of being 14 years old and, you know, liking someone from afar, but never really having the courage to talk to them. So I posted the poem 
with the same commentary that I just made, pretty similar, on Instagram and on Facebook. And I got a, you know, I got some laughs, and there were some people from his class that commented that they, you know, remembered Dason. And one of my friends asked me, she was like, are you sure you want to say his name? Because everybody's going to know who you're talking about because Dason is not a common name. And I was like, you know, I'm, I was 14. It's fine. Like, I'm not embarrassed anymore. I'm an adult now. I, you know, it's not like I'm writing the poem as an adult. That would be embarrassing. But if he finds out now, I'm fine with that. And then my friend Amy sent me a video of him playing Dust in the Wind at their graduation. And I was very gratified to see that he, yes, he was still cute. I remembered it correctly. And it was just a sweet video. And then this morning I woke up and there was a comment on the poem on Facebook that he had passed away. And I felt so sad about that. I had not seen him for almost 30 years but like I said, in my mind, he's still that guy playing dust in the wind at his high school graduation. And so all morning, I just felt really sad and funny and weird about it. And I know at the age I am, I, I've lost other people from my class. You know, our graduating class has lost some people. But it's still a jolt when people that you still think of as being young, we are young. 43 isn't old by any means, but it's still a jolt to think that someone you have thought this whole time was alive wasn't. So just very sad. And then later that day, I messaged my friend April, who also knew him, and I had asked her what happened. Was he in an accident? You know, I just, I didn't know what had happened, how he had died. And she said it had been a couple of years ago and that he had actually taken his own life. And I just felt terrible about that. Because every memory I have of him is of him being happy, which I'm glad about, but I had no idea. And it just reminded me that there are so many people that we know who are walking through things that we have no idea about. They are suffering and we don't know it. And then a few hours ago, as I'm recording this, I got a comment on that Facebook post from Dason's son, whose name is also Dason. My friend had sent him the post because she thought that he would like to see that. And his comment was just so insightful, heartfelt, it was poignant, smart, that I sat on the edge of my bed and just started crying because it was such a bittersweet thing. I was so sad to hear about his dad's death. Even though this was someone that I had such a passing connection with, it still made me so sad. But I was also really happy that his son seems to be such a great guy and is so kind and sweet and smart. And so I contacted him because I had a whole other podcast episode ready to go today, but I just felt like this is something I wanted to share because it brought out a lot of thoughts in me about my life and about people that we know and the things I think that we need to remember that we easily forget from day to day. And so I contacted Dason, which is his son, and I said, you know, I have a podcast. Would you mind if I shared this? And he was so gracious. And he told me, absolutely. He said I could share what he wrote. So I'm going to read you what he wrote on that Facebook post about his dad. It's always interesting to see things from the past about my dad, how people thought of him, good or bad, memories they have of him. I'm glad you shared this. I can't exactly tell you how it makes me feel to see it because I don't know. I will say this. He did continue to smoke throughout the rest of his life. Haha. Ha. But he also was the best man I ever knew. He meant the world to me. 
I have so many great memories of my dad, so many things I learned from him that I will carry for the rest of my life, things my kids will learn and carry with them as well. Although I don't know all of his secrets, I do know through the 18 years I got to spend with him that he is not replaceable. I think about him more than I'd like to admit, and I feel a lot of people judge me because I don't make posts or that I'm not very social about my feelings about him. I keep everything I have for my dad right where it should be, and that's where it stays, in my heart. Thank you for sharing what you did. Made my day. So, yeah. Like I said, so insightful, so kind. I love what he said about his dad being irreplaceable and that the things that he taught him, he will pass on to his children and how he carries his dad in his heart. And I know that death, unfortunately, is a big part of life. But I think there are things that we need to be reminded of every once in a while. And mainly, it's that life is precious and we don't realize it as much as we should. So let's talk a little bit about that. The first thing that hearing about Dason made me realize is that life is so short. It really is. It goes by so quickly. You know, when you were a kid, when I was a kid, Christmas would be over and it was like December 26th and there was such a letdown feeling. Sometimes even on December 25th, like the end of Christmas day, I would get depressed because I was like, I have to wait a whole other year for Christmas to come around again. And now as an adult, that year goes by like lightning. I have nothing done. I have no Christmas presents bought. It's like Christmas just arrives and I am never prepared because time is going by so quickly. You know, when I had a crush on Dason, it was 1994 and 1995. Guys, that feels like not that long ago. It amazes me to think that that was 29 years ago. That seems insane that I could be the age I am or that that much time has passed. It's short. It gets faster as we get older. It just does. And so we have to hold on to moments and recognize things that are happening as they're happening. One of my favorite movies about time is a movie called About Time. <laughs> um, and it's a, a British movie about a guy that can time travel and all the men in his family can do it. But he can only go back to things within his own lifetime. And by the end of the movie, you know, he's really going back because he wants more time with his father. It's such a poignant, beautiful movie. <laughs> I've used the word poignant a lot in this this episode, but that's how I feel. Um, I feel like it kind of encapsulates this whole feeling of this episode, actually. Um, but it's because we realize that everything that we felt like used to drag by when we were children, the months, the weeks, they're not that long. And you wake up one morning and you're in your 40s when yesterday you were definitely 14 years old. Life is short. We have to treasure it. The second thing is that I feel that we sometimes make the end of someone's life the sum of their life. Like it's the main thing that we think about. The way that they died becomes the story we tell. And I think that we do such a disservice to people that we love when we do that. I was speaking to my friend Lane earlier today and Lane's mom passed away when Lane was very young. 
And her mom was also very young. She died of cancer. And Lane said that, you know, her mom was more than the cancer that took her life. And I think that's so true. She had a whole life before that cancer diagnosis. She had a personality. She had a sense of humor. She had adventures. She had hopes and dreams, just like everybody else. And I think it's it's very easy for all of us when someone dies, especially if they die very young, if they have a very hard illness, or tragically, like Dason, if they took their own life, we think of them in that way, in the way that they ended. And I just think that we can't do that because nobody is just the sum of one moment, right? The end of us is not the sum of us. And so I've talked a little bit about this, but my dad is in the end stages of dementia right now. And to be honest with you guys, he hasn't really made sense in about a year. We have not really had a lucid conversation. Sometimes he doesn't know who I am. And it's harder also because I have a complicated relationship with my dad. There are things that in the past are very hard for me to get past, (laughs) to move forward from. And a lot of these things, you know, before he got really sick, we did talk a lot. And there's been a lot of forgiveness. But there are times that I still get upset. And there is really no one to get upset at because he is not that person anymore. But I realized this weekend, I had a moment with my dad that I'll tell you about, that I realized that there are parts of him that are still in there. And they're the good parts because not everybody is just one thing. You know, they're not all bad. They're not all good. We all have both things inside of us, but that he's still in there. We went to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny (laughs) this weekend. Um, My parents had already gone to see it once, but because dad doesn't remember a lot of things, you know, he wasn't upset about seeing it again. And I wanted to see it because I love the Indiana Jones movies. And I know it had gotten bad reviews because honestly, I thought it was a pretty good movie. It was very entertaining. I liked the way it ended. Um, It was just, it was fun. But during the movie, I looked over at dad. I was sitting next to him and he was having so much fun. He was enjoying this movie. He was laughing. He was engaged. And I hadn't seen him like that in a really long time. So he was eating popcorn and he got done with his popcorn and I still had some left. So I said, hey, dad, I was like, do you want some of my popcorn? And he took it and he leaned over and he said, just don't tell her. And he like motioned to my mom. And I said, I won't. It'll be our secret. And he patted my knee. And then later he leaned over and he was stumbling a little bit, but he said, I love these movies. It's been a long time since they released the last one. And I was just amazed. I'd forgotten what it felt like to talk to my dad in a normal way. And it also reminded me of what I love about my dad, the part of our relationship that worked really well, that he was funny and he loves movies like I do. And he knew who I was and he was my dad. And my heart just really softened towards him again because we are just more than one thing. We are more than the end of our life. He had a whole life before me. He had a whole life after me. And Some of it was hard for me in our relationship, but he's still my dad. And when I think of Dason, I think of the same thing. You know, his life ended in a very sad way, but he had a whole life before that. He had a son that loved him. He had people that loved him. And 
he always made me feel special. And that's how I want to remember him too. I also realized that sometimes it is important to share things that you have created that mean something to you, even if you're not sure if people are going to respond to it. There's always a little voice sometimes in the back of my head that's like, nobody cares, (laughs) you know? And there's also a voice in the back of my head that says, people are going to think you are so full of yourself. Because, you know, we all have that friend that shares so many things that they are proud of that they are doing in their life. I did this, I did this, I did, you know, I created this, I wrote this. They're very Dr. Evil, I wrote that. Or, you know, it, you almost get to feeling like you're in a multi-level marketing scheme. They're wanting you to sign up for something. And I just really don't want people to think that about me. So I am sometimes hesitant to share things. Even on this podcast, there are times that I'm like, oh, do I need to say that? But I really think it's important for us to remember that If you are passionate about something, there is somebody else out there that needs to hear what you have to say. And sometimes it may not be what you thought, or I don't know, I'm trying to think of a way to say this. It may not be the intended reaction, right? I shared this poem about Dason because I still think it is hilariously bad. And I really shared it in a, look how dumb I was when I was 14, There was still, you know, that little voice in my head that was like, "Mm, this is stupid. People aren't going to laugh. I had no idea that it would get all the way to Dason's son. I had no idea that the story would change its trajectory and that maybe there was somebody that needed to hear a happy memory about their dad because God always knows what people need. And if you feel that urge or calling to share something creative, share it. There's somebody that needs to hear it. God will get it to the right people. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of people making fun of you. We need creative people. So if you've been on the fence about starting that book you always wanted to write, taking that art class, moving somewhere and pursuing a dream that you've been nervous about doing, starting a podcast, do it. Just do it. There are people out there that need to hear what you have to say. And life goes by too quickly and it's too precious for you to wait. And then lastly, and I spoke a little bit about this earlier, we just never really know what people are going through. We probably have every one of us, a friend right now or a relative who is having a really hard time and they've not said a word about it. And a lot of times they are the happiest people and you would never know what is going on inside their mind. I am such a proponent of mental health and mental health care. And I think that doctors and medication are good things that God has given us. I am not ashamed to say that I have been on antidepressant medication for years And I'm so thankful for it because it has truly saved my life in a lot of ways. But on top of that, I have people that love me that know that I struggle with my mental health sometimes. They know that I am prone to depression. They check on me. They call me. And we all need those people. 
But in order for me to have those people in my life, I had to first tell them that I was struggling because there was something in me that did not want to admit that for a really long time. So if you are listening to this right now and you are depressed, you're sad, you're anxious, and you're having thoughts of self-harm, please tell somebody. Tell somebody right now. It does not make you weak. It does not make you less capable of a person. People are not going to think less of you. The people that love you want to help you. They want you to be happy. They want you to be successful. They want you to return to the person that they know you are inside. Don't wait. If you're listening to this, like I said, tell someone, get off this podcast right now and go call someone. If you don't have anybody to call, please find me on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know. I will talk to you. You don't have to do this by yourself. And on the same, in the same token, if you are friends with someone that you haven't talked to in a while, if there's somebody that is always upbeat, or if you just have a weird feeling that maybe something isn't quite right, please call them. Just check on them. You know, I don't know the circumstances around what happened with Dason. I don't. It's just incredibly sad when anyone ends their life because they matter. And it hurts me to know that sometimes we feel like we don't because we do. Everybody matters. So I never saw Dason again after 1995. And in my mind, he will always be 18 years old, still smiling at me in the hallway at school as I walked by. He wasn't here for a long time, and I wish I'd known him better, but he mattered to me, and he mattered to all the people who loved him. And if you take anything away from this episode, I hope it's that you matter. You matter to God. You matter to the people you haven't seen in a long time, and you matter to the people who see you every day and who love you. Life is precious, and it's better with you in it. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me again this week. And thank you also to Dason Lowe for allowing me to share his dad's story and his thoughts. As always, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your telling people about this podcast and sharing it on social media and following and subscribing. And if you get a chance, if you could please take a few minutes and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I would love that. It helps other people find the podcast and I really enjoy reading your comments. If you'd like to find me on Instagram, it is super easy. I'm at Resting Church Face. I hope you have a fantastic week and let's get together again soon.